Welcome to Verity Ed, where parents are primary. My name is Erica, and today I am joined by Danielle Bean. Thank you so much for being here, Danielle. I'm so excited to talk to you. Danielle is a writer and a speaker in the Catholic mom world, and she helps struggling moms to know their dignity and their worth so that they can find peace and balance and joy in family living. And if that doesn't sound great to you, you should just think more about how that's possible for you. So talk to her. Um, she is at daniellebean.com. And among her many books, my favorite being My Cup of Tea for personal reasons, um, her newest project is Whisper. And this is a personal, intimate, and practical book that is perfect for anyone looking to develop a closer relationship with the ever-present God. And the message is, no matter how chaotic and crazy your life is, right, Danielle, that mm -hmm. you can do less and be more. Um, is there anything anything else I need to say about this amazing book that I can't wait no, to read? No, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled <laughs> to be here, first of all. Thanks for having uh, me. Thanks. And yeah, I'm excited to share that newest book project because it's something that's been born of this stage of life that I'm in right now, where you were just sharing before we came on about you're in the throes of it, right? You've got yeah. everybody under your roof, everybody under the age of 16, and right there in the in the thick of it. And my youngest is 14, so I'm mm. very much in a different different phase. And yeah. um, what's kind of come out of this time for me has been more time for reflection, more time for quiet. Not that my life is quiet yet; it's still not, but. Um, I've really, what I've found as I've had more time for reflection is I'm kind of coming to realize something I would have told you I knew years ago, right? That God is present. God is everywhere. God is with us, blah, 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 right? Yeah, yada, so yada, busy. yada. Yes, and you've got layers and layers upon your relationship with God. And it's only mm -hmm. just now that I'm beginning to be able to see just how present God is in our everyday lives. And wow. that's really what I hope to share in the book is even with busy moms, you know, sharing the encouragement that God truly is present. He's truly loving us. He's alive. He's moving in our lives. And we just need to be still enough to recognize his presence there. That's so beautiful. And that's just, it's so encouraging to me because I know sometimes right now the message is like, enjoy every minute because they're going to mm -hmm. be gone someday. And that's kind of terrifying because it's hard to enjoy every minute when it's right. just so much. And it's like the baby needs help and there's emotional crises with the older girls. And, um, I think hearing from a mom who's kind of on the tail end, hearing that there's so much to learn more, like it's not the end of life when they leave the house and you realize right. you didn't enjoy every minute, um, but that we're going to discover something new at that season of life. So yeah. I'm so grateful to you for everything you've communicated, just your sharing, your raw sharing of your life through all these different stages. Um, it's been such such a encouragement to me personally and I know to so many oh thank you for there. saying that well, honestly it's been therapy for me so. yeah. <laughs> and therapy exactly. I feel the same way about a lot of the homeschooling videos I'm like I just need to talk through this yes yeah. <laughs> yes we do we need to share about it yeah okay so I'm excited to share today because um I need advice from you because I have a lot of kids and we are kind of in the thick of figuring out this whole the talk thing. Mm -hmm. And I use the talk, which is a very secular way of saying, you know, the sex talk, because it's mm -hmm. what everyone knows about and everyone thinks about it when even before they have kids is like, how do you talk to your kids about this? And you've been married to Dan for 26 years. You've been mm -hmm. through this with eight kids now. <laughs> and, um, and you have children who are married or engaged in the mm -hmm. Holy Catholic faith. 
So I really want to sort of listen to you. And I know a lot of my listeners want to know, how do I start to think about this or prepare for it? Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess my first question would be just generally, as a, as a Catholic parent, what were your top or are your top priorities for raising your kids with a healthy and wholesome view of sex and sexuality? Right. I mean, I think this is like, this is something that causes a lot of fear in parents, right? Like a lot of anxiety. I'll never forget when I first wanted to have a serious talk with my daughter about this, my oldest, I Mm -hmm. I couldn't even bring myself to do it. Like I was terrified. And I remember like, just kind of thinking, okay, now's the moment we're alone. This is what I thought I would talk to her about it. And just like breaking out in hives, like I can't possibly say these words. And yet I can tell you now that it does get easier. (laughs) You need to push through that initial anxiety. Like, you know, I'd rather talk to anybody else's kid about sex. Like I will, I'll do it. I'll have all these difficult conversations. But when it comes to your own kids, some some reason we feel completely tongue-tied. And um, I think it's so important though, that we we push through that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the only person that's gonna be more mortified than you is your child, right? It's the daughter, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) When you're beginning these conversations. But they're so vitally important. And, and I like that you, you talk about this kind of secular notion of the talk, because, you know, nothing's further from the truth than it's right. one talk and you're done, right? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> but there is sort of an initial time when maybe you're going to be sharing some more insensitive information. So <laughs> that can very much feel like kind of a breaking open of a conversation. But, you know, I kind of took a cue from my own parents. I was raised yeah. one of nine and in a beautiful Catholic family. And um, my parents, like, I, I guess I can remember having a talk with my mom, but mostly I remember just having my questions answered. So in an age appropriate mm-hmm. way. So, you know, a four-year-old might ask questions mm-hmm. about how, how that baby got there and yeah. how that process works and answering their questions in an age appropriate way, sometimes in a very simple way, like God yeah. put the baby, put the baby there, you know, just beginning yeah. with that, um, that it kind of transitions as the child grows and becomes more capable of understanding mm-hmm. and their, their questions are going to be more complex and then you're able to answer them in, in greater detail. So I think recognizing that this is an ongoing thing and ultimately my goal and, and Dan's goal with our kids has been similar to what you know th- my parents' goal I think was for us growing up was creating a sense of openness mm-hmm. in our home. Like you can ask us anything, anything. you can. And we are going to say the hard words. We're going to say the hard things. My mm-hmm. husband, Dan, is such a great example of this to me because he's such a, a, a strong principled person yeah. that he will always, and I'm, I'm more like reticent and I'm more shy and, you know, I, I avoid conflict <laughs> and I avoid difficult conversations. And sometimes I'm just cringing when he's like boldly saying, yeah. you know, You're like you go, honey, I'm I know you do, it. you do it, you say that, but you know, one of the things that Dan and I have talked about is very much having um, a family culture, like that, yeah. that's important to think about what is your family culture? And that is yes. part of what we've wanted. We never wrote up a manifesto or anything, but what, <laughs> what we've wanted and to be part of our family's culture is this openness to questions because mm-hmm. the church herself is open oh, to yeah. questions. The church isn't afraid of anything we might ask yeah. and any problem we might bring to it. So, so we true. should be modeling that for our kids, that kind of, that level of openness and um, that, that first of all, there is a truth and that we can seek that truth together, that that, Mm -hmm. this is a journey that we're on together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, we build up in our heads, like you said, this anxiety about the sex talk or beginning that conversation or any, at any point in that conversation, but remembering that 
like you said, you're laying foundations for that from the time they're very little. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and sexuality is, is not the only difficult topic that no. we're going to be addressing with our kids through life. Right. Right. Not and by yeah. So it's, you know, there's, it's not like you have to just get really good at this and like read up on this and all that. And it's, um, it's learning to speak to your, your children at their different ages. And it's a learning process too. Mm-hmm. Like we make mistakes and we're like, I wish I hadn't put it that way. Right. Um, but that that's okay. And it's laying these foundations. I love that idea of a family culture of openness to questions that just mirrors Holy Mother Church mm-hmm. um, in her response to us. And you think of the long suffering that she's had, <laughs> that the magisterium has and that, you know, with, with our questions and that right. <laughs> they'll just put up with it for centuries, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. But, but I love that. That's very, I think it gives a lot of peace to see it as a part a big part but it's only a part of that whole exactly exactly and I don't want to cause anyone anxiety if you feel like you haven't laid those foundations right true so what do I do yeah if I haven't it's never too late to begin those conversations (laughs) begin giving that gift to your child yeah so did you read any particular like books or as a young parent like for someone who maybe didn't have that upbringing with their own family of Mm -hmm. openness maybe they didn't even learn about sex from their mom or their dad I know I had a lot of friends who learned about it in the sixth grade locker room and they told me and I'm like that's not true they just have a special hug Talk about age-appropriate language. Yes, exactly. exactly. My mom was, it was the special hug. And that was, That's that got great. me through pretty far. But what, what would you say to someone who's like, I don't have that gift from my childhood? Right, right. Well, I mean, I think it's St. John Paul II's teachings on theology mm-hmm. of the body are so powerfully, beautifully important in this, in this conversation. So, um, you know, there are all kinds of different books out there that kind of teach you about theology of the body. But I took a course in theology of the body gosh, it's probably about six years ago now at the Theology of the Body Institute. And prior to that, I'd only read books about it, like where people Mm -hmm. were kind of discussing it. And I had kind of a confusion about what it was and Mm -hmm. maybe even a hesitation about it and a discomfort. And when I took that course, we were reading, you know, St. John Paul II's teachings directly. And let me tell you, they are so beautiful that and they're accessible. It's not like it's way up here and you can't Mm -hmm. grasp this. So I really encourage people go right to the source. I mean, if yes. you love someone like Christopher West or Jason Everett or whatever, yeah. you know, sure, use They're those great. resources. But mm-hmm. if you're at all confused or, or you're put off by a certain way that theology of the body is presented, go directly to the source and, yeah. and start reading what this great saint, this great gift to our church has taught us about right. sexuality, about marriage, about being male, about being female, about fatherhood, about motherhood. There's so, I mean, everything's there, right? It's all There's, there. It yeah. is. It is. And and so love- once you can begin to grasp that yourself, mm-hmm. you, I, I find anyway, you very naturally start having those kinds of conversations mm-hmm. with your kids. It becomes a part of how you talk about that news story or that thing that happened at school. It, it really colors everything that you're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said how accessible the original talks are because he wrote them for people standing around in St. Peter's Square. He didn't write them for his dissertation or what have you. So yeah, going to the source and and listening to John Paul II, 
um, and reading Genesis in with new eyes. And, mm-hmm. and it does, I think that it gives you a moral courage with your own kids. It's funny to think that you need moral courage in front of your children, but you do. You do, 100%. Yes, <laughs> a you lot, do. right? Um, yes. And I think that gives it in, in such a great way. Um, yeah, you talked a little bit about, you mentioned age appropriate ways. I wonder, mm-hmm. and I mentioned like we had the special hug in our house. Did you have any kind of, you know, one-liners that <laughs> for different age groups, like maybe if your seven-year-old comes to you and is like, how'd you get pregnant again, mom? Right, like, right. I think, well, I think every family needs to find what sounds comfortable and natural yeah. to them, whether you're talking about how you're referring to body parts or bodily functions or or sex itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we didn't have particular phrases that we used with everybody. I do remember once though, where there was one, I don't even remember which of my children it was, but he was too young for super specifics. Yeah. He wanted to know, he wanted the specifics on childbirth, you know? And I was like, okay, this is a legitimate question. He's curious. Yeah. He's a little scientist, you know? And, and so I, I remember just telling him, and this satisfied him that, you know, the, that the woman's body opens up in, mm. in a way that allows the baby to come out and then it closes back up. And wow. he was just super satisfied with that. So sometimes it's as simple as that. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to get all worked up. You know, usually <laughs> your child is just kind of asking something in passing. They're not all worked up about it. Right. So I think, um, you know, keeping it simple and making sure it feels natural to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a certain series of books that's out there where it's like almost a script that you read to your, your yeah. child. I'm not about that because I mean, unless that feels natural to you, but (laughs) most parents need to talk in their own language, maybe read a book that's a script and Mm -hmm. then say, how would I rephrase that? How would I say that in my own language to my child? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how your child's going to most readily receive the message is if it's his parent. He doesn't want to feel like this is my mom reading a script to me. And I think too, like uh, for homeschooling moms, we like to, um, and that's most of my audience are homeschooling moms. So they're, we like scripts for like phonics or Mm -hmm. math, if we're not comfortable with a concept, but when it comes to things like sexuality or even history or saints lives or difficult things in life, you can't just open it up, open up a book and say, all right, here's how the commutative property works. You know, here's how babies are made. And and it's uh, because it's such an interpersonal reality and mm-hmm. truth. And, um, and I think children know, you know, even if they don't know what sex is or the mechanics or all that, they know instinctively that something about the baby making reality touches their lives very personally. And it's the, oh, sure. it, their happiness is so grounded in it. So they want to hear mom and dad or mom or dad <laughs> or one at a time talking about, you know, mm-hmm. that truth from a personal right personal place. So I love that. Um, so you had, you had eight children. Mm-hmm. Children are all different. <laughs> For sure. For sure. So mm-hmm. how did different personalities, boys, girls, did you and Dan divvy it up, boys, girls? Yeah, um, generally yeah. for initial sensitive conversations, it was me with the girls and him with the boys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then just kind of creating that openness, like the, yeah. the other parent would probably follow up and say, like, I know you talked about this. Do you have any questions? Or um, a lot of times I found it was helpful when I knew that he had talked to one of the boys about something for me to, in a very, you know, casual way that doesn't feel, you know, super uh, aggressive toward them, but just kind of share yeah. like, here's, here's a perspective, you know, like from a woman's perspective that mm-hmm. I, I think you should be aware of um, that mm-hmm. kind of sharing. Cause you know, moms and dads, we're, we're meant to be a gift. We're meant to be this balanced, <laughs> complementary wholeness to right. our kids. And mm-hmm. that's a wonderful way that we can kind of 
tag team and do that. And of course, there are some conversations that happen with multiple children who are present and, um, you know, and the both of us there. And one other thing that's very interesting is in the family dynamic is your younger kids end up being much more savvy at a younger age than your older Finding this to be true. Yes. And you know, (laughs) I I had to make my peace with that and be like, that is part of God's plan. He knew where he was putting that kid in the family. They're savvy about multiple things. So, you know, they they end up kind of getting looped into the conversation at an earlier age. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, just recognizing that. And, and we also had to be careful, um, especially as our older kids were getting older and our younger kids were still young, like being sure that the younger kids weren't overhearing things they shouldn't, um, or, you know, even among their friends, even if it's not something bad, but something even about abortion. I remember once there was a conversation about about abortion and our Mm. our youngest child was like devastated to overhear, you know, some of these details and be like, what happens? What? And so, you know, being aware of that, but that, that truly is part of the large family dynamic. That that stuff happens. And, (laughs) and this is a good opportunity for me to say, it's not, all gonna go perfectly you're going to mess some things up like just know that and yeah. recognize that that's a gift you can mm-hmm. give your kids in that moment like did you mess that thing up yes can you own it and talk to your children about like what happened here and why it shouldn't have happened that way and here's god's plan yes what a beautiful gift that is yeah that's so beautiful and that's just to go into it with that perspective of or, or just early parenting to you know, you look ahead and you see these I mean, great Catholic families. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do that. But that, like you said, God knows what he's about. And he's put this child in your life with these siblings, your husband, like you're together for a reason. Right. And he knows we're not perfect. And he's going to use that for his glory. And, and I, I found too, that you know, even with my kids, when there's been something that I, I did out of order, or I did in a way that I really wish I'd rephrased it, um, going back to them and saying, you know, I should have said it this way, or, you know, you should really talk to your dad about that, or um, that's been another opportunity to make that connection of openness, right? Right. That, okay, mom doesn't have it all figured out. And I have to live up to her standards. Like she's working this out. She wants to work it out with me. Yeah. Um, it's that culture in the family. So yeah. I just, I love that. Yeah. And getting back to your original point that each child mm-hmm. is unique. I think it is important for us to remember that because mm-hmm. you, you know, some children will never ask a question and some children are going to be like silent when you're trying to talk to them about these topics. So there's a lot going on in their minds, but they're not mm-hmm. going to share it with you. And so, you know, being respectful of that, being respectful mm-hmm. of their personality differences and um, their level of comfort, I think is really important. And, and, you know, be open to different ways of communicating. You yeah. might have a very fruitful text conversation with a child at one point. I know that I've emailed things to my kids, emailed them like, you know, follow up on our conversation. Here's a video you might enjoy watching. I don't know if they ever watched it, you know, <laughs> hopeful that they did. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that sort of thing, I think being open to all the different kinds of communication that are available yeah. to you and being sensitive to the fact that your child has unique needs. Yeah, for sure. How, how would you sort of describe the ways that, or I guess the issues that our kids have to grapple with in the world now compared to, so how do, you, do you say it catery or kateri for your oldest We daughter? say catery. Catery, yes, so catery is, is, how old, she's 20? She's 25. 25 now, and then your yes. youngest is 14. Yes. Did, did your approach change to addressing these issues at all with children 
you know, as our culture has changed so much in the last yeah. 25 years. Yeah. Well, I found that um, it becomes really important to be aware that your kids stuff is getting into your house, like, yeah. and information is getting into your house. And yes, we homeschooled, we, we did all the things, right? We put the filter on the internet, all the stuff, <laughs> all the things stuff still gets in, like yeah. it still happens. And that, that really causes some parents to really kind of panic sometimes when I yeah. talk to them about it, like they don't, they, they want to feel like, and I get it because I want the same thing, want to feel like we can control it. Mm-hmm. And yet the world is out there and I, you know, and it's, it's more pressure than ever. And I think being aware that at a younger and younger age, even if you're doing all the right things, your kid might be on a soccer team and there's a kid, mm-hmm. you know, who's exposing them to something, saying yeah. something, sharing something you don't know. And so yeah. you can't do this perfectly controlled. And mm-hmm. so being aware of that, I think has become more and more important in today's world. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you like go to this innocent child and destroy their innocence and tell them <laughs> By about By the way, the you may have heard about this, isn't this? Yes, <laughs> yes, no. Um, but being aware of it and, and having conversations, I think just in a general sense, it's really important to be in touch with your kids and just be like, Hey, you know, how do you, how do you like the kids on your soccer team? You know, what, what kind of boy is so-and-so do you like talking with him and what kinds of things do they talk about? And, you know, not that you're necessarily like trying to investigate every moment of their lives. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, A little bit. You have to be a little bit of a PI, but um, you know, reaching that level where it's, you know, we're, 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 we care about you and we care about your life. And I want you to share what's going on and what kind of questions might arise from that. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And to not be afraid of it. Like, like we were saying that again, God has given us this moment and in history and he's going to equip us for it. So yeah, things get kind of scary with the LGBTQ or like the equality Mm -hmm. act. And you're like, how am I going to talk to my kids about gender theory? And I think, like you said, being that again, the culture of openness, ask your questions, mom and dad want to hear them. Let's talk about it. Right. And and knowing the truth, right? Like I think Catholic families, Catholic parents who maybe themselves were not raised with a solid understanding in the faith, like mm-hmm. start educating yourselves now right. and read the Pope, read Pope John Paul II, read, um, you know, the catechism even. It's very simple mm-hmm. and accessible, but know your faith and be firm in it. And then just pray for that grace that God will give you the words you need when that child asks. So, why does he have two daddies? And you're right. like, well, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And you know, I think there's a lot of encouragement too in just recognizing that our kids know the truth when they hear it. Yeah. And they know the what's a lie when they hear it. I mean, mm-hmm. on the very basic level, I, a story that comes to mind is a good girlfriend of mine once she had the radio on in the car and it was an mm-hmm. NPR story and they were they were talking about um, same-sex marriage and yeah. they were talking about two men marrying each other. And her young son was in the back and she's like, I didn't turn it off in time. And then I was just like, oh my gosh. What like, did what I do? I yeah. do right? And this little guy who's like five years old or whatever said, wait a minute, like that wait you're talking about a man marrying a man and she was like yeah that's what they were talking about and he just he just burst out laughing you know like that's crazy and he he wasn't like in a derisive way or anything you know it wasn't like that and it's not like a hateful thing but just wait a minute that doesn't make sense like that's Mm -hmm. not our nature right so he could recognize that and she that gave her a great starting place like right that doesn't yeah. make sense. Some people want it to make sense and, and begin talking about that. But mm-hmm. I think remember that, you know, at, at the core, yeah. what we want is our children's happiness. And yes. the way that they're going to get there is by knowing the truth. So it's it's Amen. not it's not charity to to shield them from that. Right. 
Right. And that you're working with their nature, their, their God-given nature. So you're on the side of the angels, like you're going to be okay. Just stick Mm -hmm. to the truth and, and yeah, tap into that because they do recognize that. I was thinking, yeah, we were walking down the street down in New Haven and there was a man dressed as a woman and my, my daughter at the time, she was probably nine, but she was just like, that's funny. He must be playing pretend today. Cause like she'll dress up as Robin hood. And so for her, it was just kind of this absurd, but like she was disturbed because it seemed like he was serious about it. And she, there was something off, but she understands that that's an absurdity and it's a, it's kind of funny, but she, she does, she did, uh, sorry, she instinctively knew what the truth was about the matter that he was dressing up and pretending. Right. Um, And that just sort of became, you know, well, it becomes dangerous when you're pretending, but you forget it's just pretend. Right. And so it, again, like in the moment, latch on to the truth that they've seen instinctively mm-hmm. and just kind of talk about it from there with them. Right, right. Um, That's a great approach. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's not always perfect. I wish it was, but it won't be until we get to heaven. That's so. right. We're not there yet. We're not, we're not there, there yet. yet. <laughs> Hopefully we're all on the way. Let's go. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, do you have any other projects you want to talk about that are going on right now? Or, Well, I just want to encourage everybody listening to check out catholicmom.com. You mentioned that in my bio at the beginning, that that's my yeah. full-time work there. And it really is a ministry that's dedicated to moms in mm-hmm. their vocation to Catholic motherhood, all the different ways, all the different things yeah. that that looks like. Um, so we have women writing and sharing on, on our, our blog site, but also on social media and mm-hmm. sharing through live videos. Um, just from all walks of life, from all different perspectives, we've got grandmothers sharing there. We've got homeschoolers sharing there. Mm -hmm. We've got working moms, um, people from all different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that we come together in a spirit of optimism and um, mutual support and encouragement, yeah. which is a rare thing online these days. It is. So it's I difficult it to find. There. I'd love for people to join us for that. Yeah. And just a note too, um, I was browsing on catholicmom.com a couple of weeks ago and thinking about this conversation. And I know you and I have been talking a lot about our husband's role and how supportive they can be in that and the large Catholic family. But I love about Catholic Mom dot com is that it also has perspectives from moms who are not in a marriage maybe they've been Mm -hmm. divorced or separated um, or families who have had you know just one child and are unable to have more so there's just that community of like look we're all on the same arc in the storm and like we're gonna support each other with hope and so yeah i'd recommend if you have friends who maybe you know you hear us talking and you're like gosh but i don't have a husband who's checked in or agrees with me on this, mm-hmm. that perspective can be found. And it's, it's there at catholicmom.com. So yeah, thank you for your work with them. It's really Absolutely. a great resource. Yes, yeah. thank you. But thank you so much, Danielle Bean. This has been really helpful for me again, personally. <laughs> and I hope that everyone listening uh, has enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for so, having me. It's been a joy talking with you. Same here. Thank you so much. Thank you.